Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to the Poisoner's Cabinet. I'm Sinead. And I'm Nick. And this is your weekly podcast exploring the lives of the great poisoners and poisoning cases from across the centuries and creating curious cocktails inspired by the tales that we tell. And it's episode 16. Woo, indeed. And I did do that all in one breath. <laughs> <laughs> After your mockery last week. Consummate professional that you are. Just but nothing to me. How are you, Nick? Yeah, I'm all right, but we're here. We're here. We're here. We have an episode to record. Yes, I've got a new phone. I'm excited by it. Oh, good. But it's modern and I don't understand it. Uh, no no poisonings? Any poisonings this week? No, no. Again, pretty quiet. We can't really get to anyone at the moment. So it is a difficult situation for the poisoners. Well, you know, maybe some mail order poisonings are in order. Things things are opening up, so here's hoping. Well, you work in a, in a lovely, very, very lovely home furnishing store, so you could have some poison sofas. I think that would not sell particularly well. But they won't know until they're at home. It's not exactly repeat <laughs> business, but... It's, yes, it's... <laughs> very medieval in its way i'll i'll suggest it i'll suggest it <laughs> at the monday and, meeting and see how it goes down at the monday meeting oh marvelous so nick 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 hello. Nick, 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 hello, nick, nick. Hello. are you ready to drink cocktails and talk about poison always or drink poison and talk about cocktails so you're slightly creeping me out now. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's not do that again. That's weird. Oh, sorry. The, the voice was the thing that was creeping you out about drinking poison. If I had just done it in a devil may care kind of way. Absolutely. Casual. Bring it on. I'm trying different voices each week. One week I shall catch you out and you'll agree to it and then death. So it's episode 16 and it's Nick's story this week. Ooh. It is. Aren't you lucky? We are lucky. Can't wait to hear what we're going to hear. That, that's good English, isn't it? But as ever, we can't start our stories without a drink without a cocktail really can't featuring a secret ingredient that gives some sort of hint so nick secret ingredient is paprika paprika spicy smoked or regular we're going for a smoke oh smoky oh i do like a bit of paprika I don't mind admitting it. I, that's why I've never had it in a cocktail before, so we will see if we still like it after this. Yes, great spice. The king of spices, if you will, behind cumin. Put that in a nice chorizo stew. Oh, ha, 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 ha. Not a traditional cocktail ingredient. I can't think of many where you would have that. Is it in... Are we putting it in wine? 
We are not. Oh god, that'd be horrible. <laughs> Could you imagine that would be vile? Well, white yeah. wine, yes, just on a nice oh, chill. E- no, either red wine as well would be equally. What vile. about like a spiced wine, like a hot spiced wine? You know, spiced wine used to get in uh, in the courts of uh, uh, kings. Yeah, let's let's go for that. The paprika kings. The paprika kings. <laughs> in their minds of paprika. Shush. Going okay, mad. well, we're not having spiced wine. Shall we just go with the cocktail that we're going to have, rather than making up monstrosities? We're not doing that this week? Oh, God, <laughs> we got a legitimate cocktail. God damn it. A legitimate cocktail. Not one I've ever heard of before, but the interweb Ooh. says it's legitimate. So. Oh, okay. So Therefore, with... it must be true, because it's online. Lovely. So with paprika, uh, smoked paprika, what have we got? We have got a medicine man. Ooh. Yeah, that's a good name. Medicine man. That is a good name. Yeah. Name of a very good Eurythmics song. No, that's not. That's Missionary no, Man. Missionary Sorry. Man. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the name of a very bad Sean Connery film. Oh, it is. <laughs> oh, oh, that is a terrible film. Medicine. Doesn't he cure cancer or something in the jungle? Oh, something like that. With ants, <laughs> with ants and his, his hard, cold stare and his Scottishness. Oh, Medicine Man. That's quite cool. Okay, so yeah. it's time for us to go and create it in our isolation kitchens and see where this leads. So, to madness. So the Medicine Men. Maybe Sean Connery's in our kitchen waiting. Uh, he has nothing else to do. He's old. So we are going to go shake up a storm and we will see you in a bit. And we're back. Hello. So, Nick, woo, we have a cocktail on the rocks this week. It's rare that we, we have one on different. the rocks. Yeah, in a rocks glass. Is it a rocks glass? Is that different from an old-fashioned glass? No, a it's all the same. Tumbler. tumbler, tumbler, rocks glass, all the same. I'm, I haven't tried it yet. I'm slightly hesitant about the sort of granular paprika that it's sort of leaving Spice in haze. the glass. I'm hoping to be pleasantly surprised by this. So what have we got in here? We've got rum. Nice. We've got lemon juice. Mm. We've got maple syrup. Ooh. We've got propica, we have got sage, Ooh. and orange bitters. And, and tell me, where did this sage come from? Uh, I, I found it in a shop. No, you didn't. I delivered you some sage fresh today. Left it on your doorstep. <laughs> sage from my garden. This, pep, this drink. Let's give it a go, the medicine Let's man. Let's give it a go. Will it cure all ills? I really like that. That's actually really good. <laughs> it's really nice. Oh, that is right up my street. Oh, oh, it's got a bit of heat to it. That it's like a twist on a spicy margarita. It really is. I can see why that's the hot pro- smoke propico because that's really <laughs> got a bit of kick to it. How much propico did you put in? That is surprisingly good. I had high hopes for this when you first said it, actually, because anything with a bit of spice, a bit of chili in a cocktail, I am there for it. I'm very surprised by that. I mean, to be honest, from my point of view, I, I would have the one. Because that is, that is a bit overly warm for my taste. It's warm rather than sharp. It's earthy with the yep. sage in there as well. It's like Margarita's autumnal cousin. <laughs> <laughs> that is ticking all the boxes. Heat, sweet but not too sweet. Got a kick of citrus in there. Bit of rum over ice. Longish drink. Yes. That's brilliant. Medicine man. That's good. A resounding success. The recipe for the Medicine Man will be on social media later. We encourage you to try it and share your pictures of them. Tell us if you ever had a Medicine Man before. Uh, the drink, not that, well, you know, tell us anyway. Whatever happens, happens. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Um, so with our drinks firmly in hand, firmly in hand, Nick, Hello. are you going to take us on a journey? Oh, an exciting journey, a terrifying journey. Okay. <laughs> so today we have the tale, The Angel Makers of Nagrev. So it's a tale you may have heard of. It has spawned many books, films, documentary films. Yes. All sorts have been out about it. Now I'm going to put a slight disclaimer on this one. Okay. Because my pronunciation of Hungarian names and places is going to be <laughs> dreadful. So I'm going to apologise now. And if I inadvertently go into any random <clears throat> terrible accents... Again, I apologise now. No offence was meant. There. Just, just if in doubt, say in your fantastic French accent, and it will be fine. <laughs> it's an option. I may. This could be end up being a pan-European adventure by the end of it. Anyway, <laughs> our story starts in the village of Nagrev in Hungary with Julia Vazikas. Good name. A good name. Probably again pronounced nothing like that, but that's what we're going with. In 1911, Julia was a middle-aged housewife with a fairly obscure background. Uh, we don't know where she came from exactly when she was born and we don't know anything about her husband it is assumed that he was a farmer but he had disappeared by the time that she arrives in the village of Nagrev so she wasn't born there she she turns up on one misty day she she turns up there sort of middle age so probably at that point middle age being 30s no one knows where she's come from no one knows what's happened to her husband who can say mysterious very spooky and Nagrev is a village in Hungary, so not not a, we're not talking cosmopolitan sort of. Indeed, not 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 at all. At all. So we're, yeah, I mean Nagrev is a small farming village. We're looking about sixty miles outside of Budapest, so incredibly remote, very rural. But it was much like any other farming village that dotted the plains around the capital. It was small, obscure, and poor. There was a pub and a large church and a few mud-lined streets with single-storey cottages. And, and we're in Hungary. Ah, see, I wondered if you were going to get that. Oh, it's sunny, it's just twig. <laughs> paprika, paprika, the paprika. spice of Hungary. I don't think it's called that, but it's... I don't think it is, but it's what springs to mind with Hungarian food. Oh, that's brilliant. Oh, we could have had goulash. <laughs> right, well, next time we'll do a cocktail and a meal. 
<laughs> from our we secret We need to start doing that because I have not had dinner and I'm really hungry. <laughs> Increasingly, we do these podcasts later and then I'm just like going, yeah, okay. When, and, and what snacks did they have? Oh, yes, yeah, cheese would be good. There were no snacks, they were poor. No snacks in the grave. Fair enough. They were just sharing the one pot of paprika they had between them to flavour everything. Very precious, very precious. So it's a very poor little village that no one much cared about. So there's no hospital, no doctor, no authority really of any any kind. Just people got on the, with their lives as best they could, sort of eking out a living from from the soil. When Julie arrived, she was welcomed by the locals. I mean, her basic medical skills and expertise as a midwife were hugely in demand. And Julia took on the task of caring for the sick and infirm in this really remote area. Women came to Julia firstly for advice on health problems and pregnancy. But then soon she became so trusted that they went for her for general advice domestic advice just as a general sounding board and someone to get some experience from so in those days if you just can you just walk into a village and say i'm a midwife well i think and people believe you i think she must have had some sort of papers or really i don't i don't know well to be honest i would have thought someone like that you just go in and say okay i'm a midwife your skills are probably gonna be put to the test pretty quickly (laughs) and if it's and if it's obvious you're shit at it and you haven't got a clue what you're doing then the, the gig's up pretty pretty soon they've just had a bunch of women sort of lying down crossing their legs quickly come in oh god we need you <laughs> you've got to wait you've got to wait you've got to wait wait for it wait for it you can see it she's on the hill she's coming she's coming <laughs> well they believe and they believed her fair enough they took her at her word she was a great success she gained a reputation for not only helping the sick but also for providing abortions <sighs> And over the years, she found herself in prison ten times for uh, performing illegal abortions. How, how big was this village? Well, it's actually, it's not a tiny sort of three houses and a well sort of village. Mm. It's got a decent population. It's not huge. Yeah, I guess. When, you know, this is at the turn of the century. It's not talking in the 1600s or anything. Well, I mean, to be honest, I mean, the Industrial Revolution hadn't really got that far. Whereas in sort of western europe so the uk Mm. industrial revolution was in well had had been and gone is in full swing and mass industry whereas further afield those sort of advances hadn't really were was only just arriving it still very much was an agricultural community reliant on horses and cows and things rather than machinery so a sizable community certainly a sizable community but just not not terribly advanced. advanced i mean so she's yeah i mean she's imprisoned for carrying out these abortions um, in town not well apparently if she's been in prison 10 well, times i mean abortion is illegal mm. um so no matter how well you do it even if you were incredibly fantastic at it it's still against the law and in a very religious society but fortunately there was a selection of either very liberal judges and she was consistently acquitted or that they thought well we can't afford to lose the only medical person yeah in the surrounding area if she, if we chuck her in jail for the next 10 years it's only going to cause massive problems down the line because we're removing the only healer from this area so yeah what's my least worse option but as we said in the 1900s um 1910s uh hungarian society was in- incredibly traditional mm-hmm. even in the uk and stuff at the time because they're quite old-fashioned parents selected husbands for teenage daughters uh the women had no no say at all in who they who they married divorce was incredibly taboo so it didn't matter if your husband was twice your age or abusive or an alcoholic you were stuck with stuck with what you have and obviously then we have echoes of 
when we were talking about Julia Tofano. Yeah, I was just thinking exactly that hundreds of years ago. Hundreds of years. So nothing has changed in some um, parts. In those hundreds of years, in some parts of the world, it's exactly as it was hundreds of years previously. So in many cases, there was little emotional attachment. And the extreme poverty and hardship of eking out an existence really did stretch bonds that were never there in the first place there's not a great deal of <laughs> really, romance not a lot of romance in the village um, so it's not overly a happy a happy place it would, it would seem <laughs> it sounds to be. awful it sounds, it sounds like a pretty miserable sort of place but then in 1914 we have the outbreak of the first world war mm-hmm. um so all able-modied men are called up to fight for austria-hungary they go off to war to experience those horrors avenge Franz ferdinand oh quite but then life becomes even harder for the women in the village because they're now they're now the ones in the fields doing all this backbreaking labor uh whereas before it would be in the men's job now it's down to them to to do everything sisters gotta work they gotta work well indeed i mean as the first world war rages on throughout europe nagarev becomes a a prisoner of war camp really it's it's remote location it actually becomes a, a holding camp for allied prisoners of war you're looking russian prisoners of wars and also some italian POWs. okay as, as oh well. god they're not gonna be happy <laughs> this is awful there's one plow not gonna be fun but i mean the, so the prisoners of war were drafted in to work the fields <laughs> Useful, useful. And they, it gave the women a chance to step back from that really mm. hard labour and relinquish that to these prisoners. Um, and they could go back to the, their more usual life of looking after the family, looking after the home, and probably actually selling a lot of the, the products that are being produced, mm. a lot of the crops and things, was down to the women to actually try and sell them and make quite a nice setup, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, but then it also it turns out, I mean, in the absence of all these husbands, the village, the men from the village... It wasn't uncommon for for women to have slight romantic relations with these young soldiers who were toiling away in the fields. If I'm slightly dubious as if they were entirely willing, possibly. Yeah, I'm just... Oh, okay. Relations. Some some stories say, yes, absolutely, they that were they were oh god oh that's quite oh that's unsettling so the women are all just kind of getting shacked up with all of the prisoners of war who were knackered and being worked to death (laughs) and getting the last shags out of them well exactly they probably wanted a bit of comfort and a bit of it probably worked for both parties well i guess if you have relationships then maybe you get you're treated like a relationship you get slightly special treatment but you're still a prisoner of bloody war maybe so oh dear okay (laughs) women are shagging their way through the fields (laughs) Oh, they're mercenary <laughs> <Absolutely>. bitches. <laughs> Many of these indiscretions result in unwanted pregnancies. Shocking. And again, they go to Julia for help. Um, and as soon as there was, there was a line around the block um, at her front door. Bloody hell. But life started to return to the village a bit. The, the women had a bit more freedom. They weren't under the oppressive yeah. thumb of their husbands who were watching their every move. Um, they were learning to live their lives without this mm. oppression without these abusive relationships, they could get on with what they want to do. And if they had a bit of a dalliance on the side, yeah, okay, fine, why not? But I've got my independence. They were perfectly capable of looking after themselves and running their own affairs. If you've grown up in that environment of just being farmed off to whatever elderly man needs a wife, needs to tend to his house, you're not going to be in a relationship filled with love or happy or com- uh, you know happiness or comfort. And then suddenly you can run exactly. the shop, you can run your own life. And there's some young men working the fields who maybe fancy a bit of teach them the ways of love that's a very romanticized view of it i'm sorry <laughs> it is a very romanticized Ooh. view of it absolutely but that's what we'll go with the moment because the alternative is unbelievable. okay let's let's um, so... go along that lines we will come back to this i'm sure but then these things don't last the war comes to an end hooray 
And the and the men of the village, those who have survived, start coming back. Yay! The prisoners of wars are, are gone. They they've been returned. They've been liberated or just returned to their original country. Returned to, to return to sender. <laughs> return to sender. Send these Russian people back. But the men come back, and it says it's going to be a less than joyous reunion in many occasions. Um. Sometimes it was. Sometimes there was truly a heartfelt connection between people a lot of times there wasn't but also the men come back they're traumatized they come back injured they come back with what we now know as ptsd and things and it's obviously they've been through this most horrendous experience Mm. and many of them just sort of expected the wives to return to exactly how it would have been before they left to tend to their every need and do what they're told obviously the wives have had four years of relative freedom yeah. on this so it's a conflict that's gonna erupt sooner or later and it begins slowly so one one night julia is tucked up in bed um and there's a loud banging at her front door i mean she was the only healer and midwife around so she was woke relatively used to being woken up at night emergencies happen so it was, wasn't an uncommon thing but when she goes to the door wrapped there in her little threadbare shawl is one of the the village women a uh, mrs takas she's standing there in the doorway her husband had been drinking again um railing at her in this this drunken fury and when the fists come out she flees to julia's Bloody julia's hell. house so apologies this is not got a happy start to this story i'm um, sad but in, inside the house julia sits down mrs takas down tends to her and she lights the stove and contents herself to pottering around with this cauldron she's got on the boil soon the contents rise to a boil and she skims off some liquid pours it into a vial on the and puts it on on the table julia turns her back to tends to the stove and she hears the front door close mrs takas and the vial are gone two days later there is a funeral at the takas house rumor has it that mr takas has died of a heart attack mr takas mr takas has died of a heart attack okay and Julia watches the funeral from the porch of her home. Um, and as she ter- as the procession goes out of the village, she goes back inside and gets another pot on the, on the boil. Ooh, chilling. Ooh. <laughs> so Julia's inside, stirring her cauldron and words unpassed, and the woman disappears into the night with a vial of something bubbling. Something Literally. bubbling. Then her husband later, is dead. Two days later. So tell, so dead. tell me that she wasn't just making some some spiced wine with paprika and <laughs> got a bit pissed and then went home and just clubbed her husband nope. to death. She was most certainly making something more more potent, more potent than mm, that. In a cauldron. Was it really a cauldron? <laughs> well, it, they they said large pot. I I got carried away and rather oh, it's a lot of cauldron. <laughs> cauldron. Let's go with cauldron. It was a cauldron. Oh. She had cats <laughs> and broomstick, and it was filled with frogs. But I mean, she knew that the the word would spread, mm. and and she was right. One by one, women of the village turn up to Julia, pour out their discontent and their woes and the the horrors that have that they're going through with violence and drunken husbands. Why put up with them? Julia asks. Mm. I have a solution. And Julia's solution is arsenic. Arsenic! <laughs> arsenic, alarm, arsenic alarm. Arsenic alarm. So, I mean, some of the accounts I've read have, have her actually stooped over a great cauldron, sort of stirring <laughs> all manner of unnamed things sort of into this bubbling pot. The truth was there was a big pot, but she was using it to stew flypaper. Fly. 
paper. So fly paper at the yes. time. Simply strips of paper covered in glue and arsenic. Foolproof. Put it in your house. No problem. So, no issues will arise from that whatsoever. It'll kill flies and everything else it touches. Yeah, but don't lick it. No, but if it's got flies on it, no. Well, no one's got. Well, well I suppose that's the, the, the USP <laughs> of it. You know, it's like okay, let's put it. I better lick it to make sure this it's extra sticky and delicious for the flies. But it's quite a cunning plan. Uh, it's not finding a chemist and buying a bottle of arsenic. True. With a big skull and crossbones true. on, which is sitting on her her shelf in her kitchen, and she's not been to a chemist at all. Um, so there's no. Yeah, there wouldn't be any access record to it, yeah. of her her buying the stuff she's ordering from general traders and grocers and a it's just farming fly paper. community flies big problem yes you would have fly paper and oh my god she has a source of poison right there on the paper <laughs> now i have heard of this i think a few people will be like yes yes arsenic on fly paper but this is intriguing so she is just so she's just soaking this this fly paper in a big vat of water mm. um, and the arsenic would dissolve and then into the, into the liquid creating a really deadly Concoction. Like a residue, and she just skims it off the top. Much like you would a soup. <laughs> Don't that. It's, it's literally the liquid. Because it's it's just the, the arsenic is just dissolved into the water. Oh, well, yeah, I suppose, yeah. So it is and the flies a, are an added bonus. It's just a poison. I think it was probably unused flypaper. Aww. I don't think it was after the flies had... <laughs> well, unless you wanted to really stick it to your husband and just, you know, here's some poison and some flies. And some flies, too. Because you're a piece of dead meat. <laughs> I mean, the price of a bottle varied from person to person. She hmm. she sold at whatever price the buyer could afford to pay. That's reasonable. So it was poison for all. The greater So good. it didn't matter if you were rich or poor, or how much money you had, you could afford it if you needed it. I mean, soon men from around the village began to drop dead. I mean, the death rate is so high that there are whispers of witchcraft and evil spirits <gasps> in the surrounding village. At oh, one point, God. there are as many as 50 women poisoning husbands. 50 women? 50 women. So so it's not a small village. It's a sizable, sizable place. Again, I'm thinking like 50 women in a small village and people are going, witchcraft, witchcraft immediately. It's, it's witchcraft. Spreads. There's no foul play. <laughs> it, it, it starts to spread. Um, and these women call, they actually call themselves the angel makers. This is not a, a name that's been tacked on afterwards. But Angel Makers was also a name for abortionists as well. This is true. But this is this is the name that they gave to them to themselves. <laughs> but in the early days of this, they had very strict rules uh, amongst themselves. Only married women could be invited into the group. They were unable. Well, if you to don't help... have a husband, it's pointless, isn't it? Well, they were <laughs> unable to help single women who poison lovers. <laughs> that was that was uh, that was out of the question. They wouldn't help husbands get rid of trouble, even if the wife was an absolute nightmare. They're not going to help your husband. It was forbidden poison women or children. Only the men. Only the men. And those with no need of husband-killing services, so spinsters, or women in happy marriages, were not to be told about this syndicate. Oh, not to be told about it, because I was wondering if the yeah. happy marriage women came up and just... I just want to bring some excitement into our bedroom. No, no, they, they just, they just weren't, weren't involved at all. That's a pretty... It's a nice rigid system, isn't it? It is, absolutely. It does stop you just getting frivolous and just going, oh, I can't be bothered to date this person anymore. Again, because I suppose in the time, it's not like you can date people and you, if you meet someone, you're kind of stuck with them. So until until the deed is done, then you can kill him. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Bloody hell. As soon as, you, as soon as you sign on that dotted line, ah. do what you like. <laughs> so it's a proper syndicate that's going around. Yeah. It's a proper... And that these women are all part of. 
Yes, absolutely. Angel makers, and they have jackets. You know, I'm, I'm sure there's a there's a little jacket with a, a logo on or something. Or they've got, <laughs> <laughs> they've all got a they have a secret handshake, like and shake hands, and then mime dying from poison, <laughs> and then no one will know. I mean, to avoid suspicion, because the death rate was comparatively high, but to avoid suspicion, Julia roped in um, an accomplice to help her sort of run things. Um, a young woman called Susanna Ola. Um, Susanna was one of Julia's previous customers. Um, having poisoned her much older husband when she was a- only 18, she had been married yeah. off to a much older man. Yeah, she had made use of Julia's services to do away with him. And in fact, she went on to kill her second husband um, later down the line. She got remarried <laughs> and decided, no, he's no good either. Or he was <laughs> a-, a bastard, we don't know. But she ended up using this lovely flypaper liquid to get rid of a second husband. Probably, again, the, her family are going, oh, well, your husband's dead. Don't worry, we've got another we've husband got another for, you. for you. Off we go, off we go. Don't worry, he's nice. He's 90. Exactly. I mean, Susanna's son-in-law acted as the village coroner, as when one is required. Uh, he acted, acted as. as. So he dusted off the big coroner hat um, <laughs> and put it on from his day duties of cleaning the well or something like that. <laughs> he was an idiot. I think they're dead. They're obviously not dead. That's a sheep. But he was easily controllable. Any sudden deaths were written off as heart attacks, uh, disease, <laughs> natural causes, alcoholism, even drowning. What? <laughs> so, well, one thing, one, one, one chap was poisoned, poisoned dead, and then pushed in the river. Oh, fair enough, the river, okay. <laughs> I didn't know if the coroner was coming into the homes going, he's clearly drowned in his bed. <laughs> no, no, he was in the river. So they thought, oh, he's in the river. Must oh, that's fine. Cover your tracks, cover your tracks. Yeah, if, you, if you're in there, no problem. <laughs> People are drowning in the street. <laughs> No, no one is challenging these. I mean, there there were a few doctors that sort of passed through a couple of times a year, but they were overworked, underpaid, and it was thought mm. that the village was in safe hands with Julia. She was experienced; no one suspected otherwise, and mm. they generally left. The village was left to its own own devices. I mean, it wasn't too long before deaths in Nekolov and the surrounding area began to spiral out of control. The original creed of the angel makers was pretty much abandoned, and. Yeah. This group of widows began to kill out of greed, convenience, and just even boredom. Unwanted lovers, elderly parents in the way of an inheritance, annoying relatives who might stand in the way of an inheritance, and even children who were just too many mouths to feed. If you have a foolproof system, someone's got to abuse it. So, yeah, exactly. In there, there we have a woman named Palinka. Um, originally set out only to poison her abusive husband oh only that that's fine that's fine well that was that was her original goal which mm-hmm. was entirely in keeping with the angel makers doctrine but it worked and it worked so well and it seemed so easy that she ended up killing her parents two brothers a sister-in-law and an aunt all to claim the house and two and a half acres of land for herself well that's a depressing thanksgiving at their house <laughs> like any of the family going we really don't want to go over to her house this sunday no, aunt bad things happen and aunt Belinka's. yeah i mean she, she does it with with style and confidence so she she would feed her victims a, a small dose of the poison Um, But just enough to give them really bad cramp. But then she has a fit of concern and and worry about the the well-being of of her victim. And she dashes into town to find the best medicines. She returns with these medicine bottles, just full of more poison, um, and starts lavishly doling out these medicines. (laughs) 
which yeah gets rid of them even quicker but then who's to blame her she may have went to such an effort going into town buying these medicines um if the medicine didn't agree and cause this that's she's not to blame it's a complete show but it works maria varga is 41 she murders her husband a blind war hero when he is raging about her having sex with her young lover repeatedly at home (laughs) (laughs) so i think he's 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 blind i'm blind but i'm not deaf i'm not deaf (laughs) so he's not too happy about it understandably understandably so and he's generally a bit pissed off at his at his wife That's not funny. I know it's not it's, funny. It's not funny. It's not funny, but he is... He's blind. All his other senses are dulled quickly. <laughs> a parade of lovers coming in. I can clear that there are five people in the room having sex. But he's soon done away with. Can't Aww. be doing with his complaining. This constant complaining about me shagging someone else. Just go to another room, woman. Just go in another room. Go to go to the chap's house for heaven's sake. Go to his house. <laughs> go round. The, go outside. Everyone apparently is shagging everyone in this village and killing each other. You don't have to do it in front of your blind husband and go. You know what? He's the problem here. Five years later, she grows tired of her young lovers. Let's get rid of him too. Oh, for God's sake! Let's poison him as well. <laughs> what moment? What started out with? I'm not saying good intentions is not perhaps the right word. D- definitely good intentions for women who are being abused they thought they had legitimate reasons just has obviously gone into i want more stuff i want to shag who i want to shag yeah it just shows all the psychopaths who were in that area and no one's stopping them so i mean we have another one we have balint Cordazes. i mean she was sort of second in command of the angel makers of this this mm. group she put on the wings she put on the wings but she poisoned her own children when they proved too much to to feed oh fuck off two others we have rosalie sebastian and rosa hoiber murdered their husbands because the men bored them uh, <laughs> there's a lot of people in lockdown who would be going eh, right now yeah. don't don't i mean obviously don't, do don't just give it a week and then they'll be fine and you won't be bored of them anymore i should kill you because you were boring oh god it's not good that's ho- Ooh, i mean the the sudden deaths are growing at an alarming rate and they're spreading into the neighboring villages and towns by 1929 nagrev was known as the murder district which is a <laughs> great name i'm not surprised um, <laughs> and real estate plummeted, yeah, absolutely yeah. <laughs> oh a lovely fresh wheat and sweet potatoes wonderful where they come from the murder district okay you know what i don't want those Thank no you. i don't want to be don't want to be there i mean villagers are sending anonymous letters to the authorities in nearby towns where there are authorities <laughs> um, accusing women um, of poisoning their family members um, and suspicions are growing but all the death certificates clearly say natural causes or causes that are entirely explainable <laughs> they've got these they've got these legitimate documents signed by a coroner saying no this man died by had a heart attack he had whatever disease he died by so drowning policeman sitting there at his desk looking at these going no drowning heart attacks yeah there's nothing wrong with these 1000 death certificates <laughs> that have arrived in the last week delivered by a coroner who's wearing a bucket on his head i mean visiting detectives found the local populace were actually terrified by what they thought was the sinister powers of Julia. A, a local clergyman yeah. tells detectives the superstitious peasants are terrified of her. They believe she has supernatural powers and as and as her official capacity as nurse and midwife gives her access to every family, she dominates the entire district. These villagers, gentlemen, are utterly dominated by women and all the men are afraid for their lives. <laughs> <laughs> the end bit sounds quite nice, but... <laughs> 
but just a little bit of suspicion, particularly at that time, deeply religious communities working with the old ways. Yep, it's not going to end well. But we do reach a turning point, and later in 1929, the official census of Hungary was completed. So once every 10 years, um, Hungary completed a census. Um, and officials, and I mean, we're talking senior officials in the capital and things, not just some little man, yeah, policeman in the next village, noting, what the fuck's going on here? <laughs> this is... And it's, it's taken. It took this, the census exactly, takers. It took the census takers. The most ruthless of all analysts. <laughs> Wait a minute. There's a very big gap in the ground. It, it, it takes that for them people to start going. Nah, some, something's really not right here. So the census takers <laughs> blow the case wide open. They do. <laughs> so a major investigation is started, and as we we discover have discovered in previous cases with Julia Tafana and with the the poisonous ring in Philadelphia, these groups are they're only as strong as the weakest member. Mm. Um, and one woman. And Mrs. Sabo confesses to poisoning her husband and her brother. And she points the finger squarely at Julia. She is the leader. She told me what to do. She provided me with this liquid. Julia is brought in for questioning, but admits nothing. Is absolutely committed to her declarations of innocence. And then we have a twist. Mrs. Sabo retracts her confession, claiming that the, the police had forced her into making this false statement. Had Julia gotten to her then? We don't know. We think Julia. This this time, Julia is still in police custody. So, if there was any, maybe she's afraid, or maybe someone else has gotten to her saying, "Well, Julia will put the hex on you." Maybe or legitimately was police coerced her. Yeah, coercion. But I mean, whatever happens, however that statement is retracted, it is, and they are forced to let Julia go. Bloody but unbeknown hell. to Julia, the police have her under surveillance. They have a man in a big hat and a false moustache. <laughs> Um, they have a goat they have a goat (laughs) they have a man just as a goat and it works incredibly well (laughs) i mean although julia is undoubtedly pleased at her release she is shaken she is unnerved Mm. by what she's been through and she starts to visit her fellow widows to warn them the gig might be up but also don't say anything keep your mouth shut and but they they say we have this detective disguised as a goat (laughs) following her and a few hours later police are knocking at those same houses and taking Um. those women into in for questioning meanwhile this all this is this is going on we have one of the members balinit cordoza who we met earlier from killing her children Mm. she takes a trip to budapest the capital of hungary to visit a chemist and she quizzes him on the properties of arsenic mainly can it be found in bodies after death? Never a good thing to say to, to a chemist. <laughs> well, I'm sure she probably didn't go open, open the door and go, can you find arsenic in dead people? And then shut the door again. Um, I'm sure she was probably oh, more she, Oh, yeah, she preambled in there. How are you? How are you children? The weather's been lovely. Could I have this packet of uh, this lovely rose soap and this uh, disinfectant? Also, can arsenic be found in dead people? I'm sure that's exactly how it went. But she didn't like the answer. Julia yes. and all were convinced that it was completely undetectable. A common problem with the poisoners. They think that it's not detectable. But this new science... Science. ...has been developed. And yes, it can be. With the proper tests and the proper skills, arsenic can be detected long after death. Mm. Um, and she's terrified. She's horrified. She runs back to Nagreb. From Budapest. She runs. <laughs> she runs. Um, <laughs> with this terrible news, Julia is appalled. The cemetery is full of arsenic sodden bodies um <laughs> they're going to be proof of their of their crimes yeah. but they f- swiftly form a cunning plan 
fire. A truly excellent plan. Tell me it's not fire. <laughs> it's not fire. It's not fire. It's burn the graveyard. <laughs> that that night, thirteen of the angel makers gather in the cemetery. Okay. By the light of the moon. By the light of the moon. By the light of the moon, they plan to shuffle the headstones round. What? The poisoned men <laughs> take their headstones, put them onto the graves of normally dead people. Right. And swap the headstones. So when the police come to exhume bodies, they exhume the wrong bodies. I think you can tell when a headstone's been moved. They're not well... light. <laughs> headstones knocked over everywhere, grass marked, dragging the headstone from one grave to another. They might have had a crane or something. A crane? Um, okay, in pre-industrial revolution, Nakrev, they've got a crane. <laughs> maybe. A bird that is helping them. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> So this, oh, that is that is brilliant though. That is in there swapping yep. the headstones around, swapping oh. heads, but and they're there, they're halfway through swapping headstone around, and the police pounce. <laughs> okay, well you caught red-handed there, aren't with you? these, yeah, sort of with a gravestone. Go, <laughs> you can't explain that away easily. <laughs> but the, the widow scatter <laughs> in into the darkness. But the police go, what's going on here? Something's <laughs> awry. <laughs> So they they decide. Oh God, you gotta love the police. Yeah, we can't we can't leave it. They start to exhume that that very night. They start to exhume all these bodies. The cemetery becomes a morgue. Mm. They bring in doctors from all over the place to carry out these tests on these bodies. They exhume fifty bodies, and forty six of them Oof. are found to contain arsenic. They didn't re- rearrange the headstones well. Though. They, they did. Just, well, I they, stick they, by my story. They did four. <laughs> they, were, they were exactly they were interrupted so perhaps those four they're the ones they swapped over those four those four were absolutely fine they're sitting there just like brushing their hands up well done girls those four not going to get us on those they the did. other 46 we may have a problem did not have the time to do to do the rest of them Eesh, 46 men what's what's more is that within the the graves and the coffins they actually have the bottles of poison um huh? and and cakes and bread and things that were laced as an offering but you... no i don't think so i think it was a way of getting rid of the evidence that was in the house okay. these these men who had died would be no doubt in the house in a sort of opened casket type affair and then the woman would use this opportunity to get rid of any evidence they had in the house any leftover poison they put in the coffin because <laughs> you do leave treats and you leave little favors and everything for the dead in the coffin well, i don't think it was that i think it was literally get rid of the evidence but, but is, is a reason for why you're putting a cake in well, with, so. with your dead husband maybe so you know um, i don't think he's going to eat it no he loves a nibble so the, the police find all these these things absolutely laden with poison and they think well there's only one place this stuff could have come from it was like when the caskets are open in the home or at least other villages you know it's clear it's clear that there is a, a ring of murderers around you know on. with all this evidence over a hundred women are arrested bloody hell julia herself takes her own life before the police can get to her no really yep. bloody hell so it's it's a small it's a it's a village she can see women from her kitchen or her garden she can see women being dragged out of their houses as the police are coming up the street and she thinks they're not going to get me she takes a massive dose of her own poison and as as the police get to her home um they find her dead on the floor among pots of stewing fly paper wow and she's she's dead in her own grim poetic justice there it is i mean all these other women are taken away and locked up balint cordaza i pronounce the name many different ways um over this i know because every time you said that i'm going who's that again (laughs) the woman who killed her kids the horrible woman the woman who ran to budapest she confesses to helping poison 20 husbands and confesses 
to her killing her own children. Oh, right, not her own husband, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. 20 other husbands. Other husbands and her own throughout children. Throughout the area and her own children. I'm sure her own husband was amongst them. She wasn't supposed to well. kill children. That was not part of the deal. It was not Ugh. part of the deal. Um, she commits suicide in her cell. Oh, does she? She hangs herself with a rope made of bedding while three other widows who are sharing her cell watch. Bloody, ooh, 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 ooh. They, 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 they watch, but they turn, they turn their back they do not interfere with her her actions. Okay, oh, chilling. Yeah, cheery so, image. Absolutely, really jolly. Twenty six women are put on trial. Villagers are called to testify against one of the other leaders, a woman called Susanna. The villagers are terrified of her. They tell the jury that her eyes glow ruby red at night, <laughs> um, and that she keeps poisonous snakes and lizards that she has trained to climb into the beds of those who might betray her. Wow. So these villagers are absolutely terrified of this coven. Wrong word to use for it. Well, I suppose they would probably be thinking of them as a coven. They they, they probably would be, yes. The angel maker. A grocer from a nearby town testifies that more flypaper was sold in Nagrev than the rest of Hungary combined. (laughs) (laughs) And the local papers reporting on the terrible fly (laughs) epidemic that is that has taken over Nagrev. Well, no flies at all. An infestation of flies, but they've wiped them out. Everywhere else in Hungary is covered in flies. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's no flypaper to be seen. Eight of the angel makers are given the death penalty. Twelve were given prison sentences, and mm. of those, seven were for life. Fair enough. Well, absolutely. I think that's probably well deserved. The The tales of the angel makers have spread from Nagrev throughout the local area and bodies are exhumed in nearby towns all these bodies are found to contain traces of arsenic but no one in the town is convicted no one knows how far this group has expanded to did they get everyone in their original rounding up of these women did they get the whole group no one knows if there were any women still out there still practicing i mean as for julia even though she had committed suicide she was brought up again and again as the ringleader of this whole situation but still even then no one could find out where she came from and why she did this and with the end of the angel makers this shadow that had hung over Nagrev and the fear that a lot of these residents lived in had gone and that is the story of the angel makers of Nagrev not a very jolly story that is a chilling that is uh, it is a it's a pretty grim pretty grim story I've heard of the angel makers of Nagrev knew a little bit about the story but it is chilling that is that is pretty grim curveball question here Julia if she committed suicide Yes. before she ever stood trial and was questioned by the police. Was she really the ringleader? Could it all have been made up later um, on? Or is everyone just finding a scapegoat? I mean, absolutely, it could it could have been. Because I read four or five different newspaper accounts and all of them refer to, to her. Some of them call her by a different name. Some of them call her Susanna, mm. but with the same surname. Yeah, or maybe um, they were mixing up the two women. I'm assuming it's... Yeah, so I'm assuming it's the same person. But all of them refer to her as as the ringleader and it's probably likely that she was i'm not yeah i don't think i'd necessarily dispute it it just seems like such a great story and you can imagine as a journalist if you were writing it and for books later on to have this one kind of witchy strange figure who comes from nowhere with no past who provides all of these means to all these women and is inspiring them to murder and then disappears yeah. before her well dies before her trial but one of the things i thought i mean is she just incredibly unfairly maligned in this whole was she one whose her initial ambitions was to help people well the way you said about the creed as well of like you know the creed that they seem yeah. to follow is that this is 
you know, to help you get out of abusive, horrible yeah. marriages. It seems like it's come from, obviously murder is never acceptable. No, absolutely. But it seems like it's come from sort of a slightly yes. warped good place and then has just escalated into, we can kill people. But then I think, is it other women who have then taken this to the nth degree? Yeah. Like Balint Cordoza, um, who ends up killing, who kills her children because they're too many mouths to mm. feed, ends up helping kill 20 other men. There are some characters in there who seem to do it a lot more than others. Yes. Whereas Julia perhaps has started this whole thing with very misguided but noble intentions. I think it has then become twisted by some probably much more ruthless people. I was thinking when you were telling the story, it is a very grim story and very sad in many ways. There's not a lot of comedy we can find in it. It's not that we have to. No. <laughs> but there was something genuinely, the most chilling thing I found about that story is, is as you said, just if you give a society the means to kill, how many examples of psychopaths suddenly emerged in what we think is as a smallish mm. community in Nagrev. It's not like it's a city, it's not huge, but you give people the means, kill people, and then the idea that they can get away with it, how quickly amongst those, how many murderers emerged, people who were just willing to kill their children, to kill their families because they stood in their way, if you are given the green light to do so because no one's coming after you. That's the, that's the really chilling thing, I think, about Quite that story. Thing. You're not very far away from, <laughs> from society kind of just collapsing in on itself. Give them the option... And how many people will mm, take it? Yeah. In a lot, a lot of our stories, we're fortunate that there is there as a, a kernel of something that can be found vaguely amusing looking back. And there's there's a twist that we can put on it that makes it a bit more lighthearted and jovial. This one, no, it can't be done. <laughs> it feels close to home. That's the thing is that there's something about it. And I suppose really, given what's in the news at the moment, there is something about that. Oof, yeah, there's something unsettling about how easily people will take to murder and how easily people will just eliminate another human being because they're in their way. Well, cheery, cheery, cheery tale yeah, absolutely. for these dark times, but a great story and a very, very famous case. Written about, loads of books about it, and the angel makers of Nagarev is a famous, famous uh, thing. <laughs> you had no idea where you were going with that one, did you? It's a thing. thing. It's a thing. It's a thing, thing that it's happened. Thing. Well, there we go. And a delicious cocktail. At least we had a delicious... We had a delicious cocktail. Lovely cocktail. I, I accidentally ate some of the sage. Oh, That's oh. just uh, slightly earthy. But a great cocktail, a great story. As ever, people, um, share your pictures of your cocktails when you're listening to this. Uh, whatever concoctions you're mixing up. Tell us what you think of the story. It's a good one for debate, this one. It, yes, it's a little bit chilling. It's quite sad. But what do you think of it? But once you've listened and once you've enjoyed your cocktails, please make sure you are subscribed to The Poisonous Cabinet. Download our episodes, share them with your friends, come and like us on our social media channels, have a chat with us, uh, leave us a review on iTunes. Pop over to YouTube as well, because we have just... Was just going to say that. Yes, we've just launched our YouTube channel. Uh, it's, it's got one video on it, and we will be uploading more content on there. And we will also be putting some of these episodes on there as well, so people can listen via YouTube, because a lot of people do listen to podcasts via oh, YouTube. But yes, you can see us uh, sampling the death flip. And everyone one should try the death flip because it's a very good cocktail no they shouldn't it is weird and upsetting <laughs> so i'll i'll have the death flip and you can have the medicine man death flip meets the medicine man oh <laughs> one will help the other yay have a great week people we will see you next friday we have been the people inside the poisonous cabinet and remember 
Your loved ones are definitely trying to kill you. Bye.